Welcome to the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. This is the place where we help young entrepreneurs make, keep, and grow wealth that you can enjoy now and for years to come. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, a serial entrepreneur, founder of multiple seven and eight figure businesses and wealth building strategies. Each week, I'm gonna share my tips, resources, and secrets to help you create a plan and build the life you've dreamed of. I know a lot of listeners out there are attempting to build their wealth for the very first time, which is always the most difficult stage by far in the entire process. It goes back to pretty much the only thing I can remember from seventh grade science class, but has application to every area of life, including building wealth. It's the law of inertia, which simply means an object wants to stay in rest or motion unless an outside force causes a change. The most amount of energy is taken up in the beginning of any endeavor. So your bank account wants to stay at zero unless you, the outside force, cause that change. Just think about how hard it is sometimes just to get to the gym. But once you're there and you're moving, you wonder why you had such a hard time starting. Establishing that foothold and getting the wealth energy moving when you don't have any is a challenge. So let's debunk the traditional thinking that you can get wealthy by saving 10% of your income. It's so much easier to go fast than to go slow as success loves speed. Today, we're going to talk about the keep part of make, keep, and growing wealth. I want to help you build wealth as fast as possible so you can enjoy it while you're young and healthy and not put off the things you want to do until you're 65 or older. Today, we'll dive into my thoughts around keeping and expanding your investable dollars, the challenges that you'll have along the way, and how to accelerate the compounding of your funds to live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else. If you're looking to keep and put to work your hard-earned dollars, today's podcast is for you. Welcome back to the Indestructible Wealth Show. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, and I got to follow up with the story last uh, Friday where I skipped out on church to go play an illegal underground poker game on Good Friday. Now, don't judge me, okay, because I did go to church on Sunday, and I did get on the service streaming while I was playing poker. Um, I put the, you know, put the headset on, got it fired up on YouTube and all my buddies, you know, that I play with, I don't know if they're, they're more like frenemies, right? We're, we'll get along, but our goal is to extract as much money from each other as humanly possible. So I, I consider that more of a, of a frenemy. And by the way, it's not illegal. Okay. I'm just embellishing the story. So just fucking go with it. Okay. Don't judge me. Just go with it. It makes for a better story. So <laughs> playing uh, the whole time that I'm on the church service app and I'm watching it streaming. I'm like freaking unbeatable. Everything was going my way. I was up like three grand or something. And it was, everybody was, all the guys, I don't think they were serious, but they're like, I need that church app. Okay. Whatever you, whatever you're watching, I need, I need it. And I'm like, yeah, you do. You guys do. You're degenerate gamblers. You, you need more Jesus in your life. There's no doubt. Uh, But you know, no judgment. Okay. Everybody's got to, they, they got to come to that, to their own conclusion. I get, uh, I get this incredible win streak for this hour. I'm up three. I'm on top of the world. I'm like, God's on my side. Soon as I log off, boom, 
shit hits the fan. I go downhill. I don't know. I, I lose a, I lose, I lose some money. Probably, I don't know. I can't even remember. I think I lost like three grand or something. So that was a big swing. But you know, what I'm going to talk about on a future episode is volatility is the price you got to pay for outsized gains. And when I play that game, I can make big money quick and I can also lose money quick. So can't wait to share that episode with you. Today, we're going to talk about step two in the seven step strategic plan. And this is the step where you don't particularly want to hear it. And I understand why. Stay with me. And don't turn off the seven steps just because of this step that you don't like it, because this is a critical step to building wealth fast. Okay. So step two titled choose to live well below your means so you can save over 60% of your income. Now, okay, don't just calm down because we're not talking about right now. You're not going to freaking save 60% of your income where you're at currently. I'm sure of that. Okay. Unless you go to ramen noodles you know, go downgrade your house, sell off your cars, you know, you're going to have to make some significant lifestyle changes in all likelihood, because you're probably spending about as much as you earn right now, if you're the typical American. So, and I'm going to say this again, because it's worth repeating, saving 10% and earning 10% off the 10% that you saved is a surefire plan to not have any real wealth until you're at least 65. And that's if you start early, like 18, 19, 20 years old. You know, and the sad part about this plan for most people is they're heavily invested into mutual funds, which after fees and actual returns only earn 6%. Now I'm going to do another show where we're going to dive into average returns that they promote versus actual returns and how this is misrepresented and the numbers do not fucking lie. In order to get to 60% of your income being saved and invested, you know, you're not going to get there from reducing your current spending. Now you could get part way there, but you're not going to get all the way there. So, you know, you need to look at the big three. We're going to talk about the big three today, but the main focus to reiterate step one should be increasing your income while simultaneously not increasing your spending. Let me repeat that again, because it's very important. Your main focus should be increasing your income while simultaneously not increasing your spending. So when you make more fucking money, don't spend every last dime. Okay, so in order to prevent yourself from automatically increasing your spending, you need to put some parameters in place to protect yourself from yourself. We all need to protect ourselves from ourselves. We all do stupid shit. We all spend more than we really should. Okay, it's human nature. So this is why I have automation set up for my savings, my taxes and my charitable giving. When my income goes up, I increase these sweeps. Okay, so essentially the money is just swept into, you know, into these separate accounts. There are taxes, savings, and charitable giving. When my income goes up, all I do is I increase these three automatic sweeps from my bank account. So that way, maybe next month when I'm feeling a bit down and I feel like I need to go out and buy something to make myself feel better, I can't. You know, your brain, it, it needs a feel-good dopamine hit quite often. You know, dopamine is that feel-good chemical. That's why you check your social media posts for likes, comments, and shares. Every time you get likes, comments, and shares, it releases a little bit of dopamine and it feels good. You're looking for that feel-good emotion. You do the same thing and go on a buying spree, you know, and so can you can get that dopamine hit if you don't have self-governing checks in place. 
If you don't understand what's going on, you know, what causes almost all people to go out and spend all their income plus 10% overage, then you're going to have a hard time controlling yourself when you do get a hold of some new money. And I think this is, this is for a future episode, we need to talk about the dopamine hit and all the neurotransmitters that go on in your brain and why you do some of the things you do because um, you're almost programmed from you know 10,000 years of recorded human history. And so there's some survival mechanisms in place too that are still with us today. Now, I'm gonna tell you, it's, it's, it's not even remotely possible to save 60% of your income right now. You know, you've got, you know, the burdens of modern American life are pretty immense. You got your, you got all your home expenses, mortgage, insurance, utilities, ta property taxes, maintenance repairs. Then you got your auto loan, fuel, um, either gas or electric, which is becoming the rage, right? Insurance, repairs, food, um, entertainment, Netflix, movies, games, alcohol, marijuana, gambling, concerts, sporting events. And then you got all your healthcare visits, you know, health insurance. And then there's self-care, you know, counseling, gym memberships, exercise equipment, massages, pedicures, facials, right? And then taking vacations. And then there's ch children's education and extracurricular activities. Um, you know, I'm not even talking about all the monthly subscriptions you probably got automatically. Spotify, the App Store, Amazon Prime, Costco, Sam's Club, internet porn. And I'm not talking about you on that one. Just people you know. You know, then you got your Starbucks habit or your, your $5 latte habit that you got to have, right? And then you got all your incidentals and your appliances always break and on and on and on, right? Is it any wonder why you have trouble saving money? I mean, you have a very high probability of being pretty broke with that amount, that list. Was there really anything on that list that I just talked about that you're not currently spending money on as an American? Probably not. I mean, maybe there's a couple things, the marijuana, the internet porn, maybe not all of you are doing that, but... There's quite a few on there that you're um, that you're parting money with every month just to uh, function as a normal American, right? So it's no wonder that you don't give to charity or tithe to God. You know, you know, you, you don't have any clue how you're going to do it. It's like I can't squeeze blood out of a proverbial turnip. Investing, uh, yeah, um, yeah, that sounds really good. Um, I'll do that later, like um, much later. You know, it's like no wonder my crypto posts on Facebook about taking advantage of opportunity and I'll get zero responses. But I post a pic of my puppy, my feed blows up. <laughs> it's like crickets. I post about, man, you got to get into crypto right now. This is a window of opportunity. We're not going to see in our lifetime and crickets. <laughs> oh man. All right. I digress. So let's face it, you know, you don't really need to cut back. I mean, yeah, you probably do to a certain extent, but your main focus, you got to increase your income, guys. Your focus should be on providing more value for other human beings, period. And it's pretty tough when you're fighting for survival, but th that's your only way out. So if we're really being real with ourselves, you know, you had no business buying the 50 or $80,000 Escalade when you, you know, hit a six-figure earning level for the first time. I mean... Yeah, you think you deserve it and you earned it, but in all reality, you own a business, so you don't really net out that much quite yet. So calm down your ego and your desire to prove your status in society and dig in to build responsibility with your money. So what's most important it's, you know, in this particular step 
is reducing the biggest expense by far over the course of your lifetime, which is your taxes. You're going to spend more on taxes than any other expense by a huge margin. So we need to be strategic and not just rely on our accounts to figure out how to reduce our taxes. Now, a lot of people say, they argue with what I'm about to tell you. I'm telling you, when you start hitting over a six-figure income, then you got to start really looking at a tax strategy team. Now, people are like, well, I have an accountant. And I want to tell you, and I want to say that they're not the same thing, okay? Now, I'll, let me just give you a simple, I'm going to give you a simple quiz real quick, okay? You don't have to write anything down. I'm sure you're driving or in your, maybe in the gym or whatever listening to this. Do you know what the Augusta rule is, okay? Do you know about the pay your kids tax deduction, okay? Do you know what the conservation easement tax deduction is? Okay, do you, do you, do you guys, are you guys with me? Have, have any of you, you know, done any of those? Okay, number four. Do you know what the 6,000 pound vehicle deduction is? Do you, so do any of those four register for you? If you say no, then... Uh, your accountant hasn't told you about them, and they are for very legitimate, very legal, and and moral deductions that you could be taken advantage of, could be taken advantage of. Sometimes they don't make sense. If you're not making enough money, a couple of these don't make sense. But uh, you need to think about, start thinking about a tax strategy team. Now, I want to give you an example of this. Let's, let's talk. I'm going to give you the Augusta rule. Essentially, what this rule says is that you can utilize your home for business meetings up to 12 times throughout a calendar year, and you'll be able to deduct these meetings from your corporate taxes. So essentially, you set up a corporation. The corporation is what you run your business income and expenses through. And then that corporation is going to pay you personally to rent out the use of your home for a business meeting. Now, as you can figure out, the strategy doesn't work for employees because you don't own a business. This is why I adamantly encourage everyone on my platform if they truly desire to build wealth to have at least a side business. So what you do is you call local conference centers and you get three quotes for renting their conference room for a day. You'll take the average of the three quotes and that's your rental number. You'll need to have a business meeting and take meeting minutes, for example. You know, you can have a board meeting with your spouse you can have your uh, business partners there. You can do a team strategy session or even a business social event or party, right? And effectively, you're renting your home out from your business entity. Your business takes the expense deduction and pays you the rent money. But again, the kicker is you don't have to personally claim the rental income, a uh, rental payment from your corporation as income, giving you a potential, you know, for me, it's around a $10,000 additional tax deduction with no actual money spent from my household. So it stays within my house. It just switches accounts. Depending on your tax rate, this could save you up to 5,000 per year in taxes. If you'd like the exact paperwork that was created and given to me by my tax strategy team, I'm going to give you what's called an ethical bribe. Okay. I'm not a, I bribe, look, you all bribe your kids. You know, we all bribe our kids. Okay. Unless you're like a 
you, you maybe on the cover of parent of the you know parent of the year magazine or whatever the fuck that magazine is but i'm definitely not okay so i bribe my kids with you know we used to bribe our kids with treats to get them to do what we want i bribe we bribe our dog with treats that's the only way we can get it to come inside sometimes is yell out treat so you know like look this is a bribe so i'm just being forthcoming with what i'm about to tell you now i believe that my show is a five-star show. I think I think this shit is really good, what I'm doing right here on this platform. I think it's good, okay? I'm very highly biased, so I'll be forthcoming about that as well. All you need to do is give me a five-star review on Google and iTunes and Stitcher and uh, post a comment, like say how great the show is valuable, what it's done for you, you know, like in your own words, you know, I, I'm not gonna tell you what to say there. How, how's it impacted you? And then, Send a screenshot of that to reviews at myindestructiblewealth.com and we'll send you all the docs you need for free so that you can properly document this deduction. And uh, one thing I do want to say is I'm not a tax attorney. I'm not an accountant. I'm not licensed in those areas. So you need to absolutely run this by your through your accountant or your professionals. I am not. I mean, I'm professional to, to a certain extent, right? But not in that capacity, okay? So look, uh, the other things you guys need to do, I, I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again. Like calm down on your cars, guys. Like, look, I was making, I'm not gonna tell you what I was making because that I'm not gonna divulge that on uh, a public platform, but we do, our earning power is pretty strong. And this was a few years ago, which, which our earning powers much significantly increased since then. But we, I was driving a used Mercedes-Benz E350, which uh, it had 135, I drove it all the way up to 135,000 miles and I could have easily gotten a $100,000 car, you guys. I mean, no, no problem. It would have been responsible because we, we had the earning power to do it um, and it would have been a small percentage. However, okay, Listen, we didn't do it. Why? I wanted to, I didn't want to pillage my investment account. I wanted to use that money that I saved from driving the used car that was paid off. That was very low maintenance. You know, they build those cars, those foreign, some of those foreign cars like Benz's, they build those to last. Like I could have driven that. I know I could have gone to three or 400,000 miles without any problem on that car. So I took the money and I invested it instead and then the income that those investments generated for me, then I used that money to then go out and buy the $100,000 Tesla self-driving, all the bells and whistles, zero to 60 in like, you know, one second or some something crazy, right? That's like 3.6 seconds or something. I don't really care. It's not like I really utilize that feature that much. I mean, it's fun when you're passing people and they just pass them like they're standing still, but otherwise it's really not all that useful. So look, calm yourself down on your car purchase. If you're, if you've got a car, man, if you're, you got a car, that's just, you're saddled with too expensive. You figure out a way to get rid of that and go buy a used, one of these used foreign cars that just have super hold up in value and quality you can drive those things, you know, to the moon and back. Like that's, that's my suggestion. The other thing I want to caution you on is your house, right? 
right now, I mean, I don't know where the market's going to go. The market is super, super saucy right now. Like in our area, my buddy, Matt was just, he's a realtor. And he said, we put an offer in on a house that was listed for 480. We put an offer in for 500 and we didn't get it. And this is happening all across America. It's crazy. The, the prices are just going through the roof. I mean, Part of that is because the government is holding down interest rates artificially low so people can get, you know, you know, they can get loans on much more uh, house than what they normally could afford because the, the interest rates are so low. You know, I don't think this is sustainable personally. So, you know, why don't you go and buy something that is real super affordable and just bank that extra money so that you can create your investing you can invest about, you know, up to 60% of your income instead of spending it, you know, on a house. And the bigger the house, you guys, uh, just promise you from what I've experienced in the house we're in now, like the costs go up dramatically in terms of, you know, heating and cooling and, and all that power and, um, you know, all the bells and whistles. And then, like shit breaks more in a, the bigger the house and it's more expensive to fix, you know, fixing a roof on a 5,500 square foot house versus a 1,200 to 1,600 square foot house. That's a significant difference. So, you know, you got to discipline yourself and not try to worry about keeping up with the Joneses, living like no one else now so that you can live like no one else later. You can be, you can be financially free and you can do what you want to do with who you want to do it when you want to do it that's what this is all about so calm that those you got to calm those desires down and and make sure that you're very conscious about the big three you got to be very conscious and disciplined and understanding all that you have at your capability with tax strategies so all right so tomorrow well, I don't know, not tomorrow, but next episode, right? We're going to talk to you about debt. What debts should you pay off? What debts should you embrace? What debts are really super terrible? Which debts are really good for you to build wealth? I'm going to give you a story of how I use debt to take a $12,000 cash investment to over $83,000 in five years. I'm going, to tell, I'm going to tell you exactly how I did that. Lay out the numbers, you guys. We're, this is going to be uh, quite the education for you guys in terms of how to grow and build wealth. All right. Thanks for joining us on Indestructible Wealth. Here we go. That's a wrap for this episode of the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. Before we part ways, I want to help you take advantage of two incredible tax-saving strategies that could help you save a lot of money. All you have to do is leave me a five-star review, if I've earned it, and comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in. After you've done that simple step, just email me a screenshot at reviews at myindestructiblewealth.com, and I'll send you everything you need to save money on your taxes for years to come. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth-building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on social media. Also, please share this podcast with anyone who's looking for guidance on their own wealth building journey. Until next time, remember our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come.